2: And enter code no girls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com/slash no girls, code no girls. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control. Enter Conair GirlBomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Just
0: a quick heads up, this episode briefly mentions both suicide and sexual assault.
1: What you'll notice with a lot of the challenges is that they tend to, on some level, usually focus on an issue that we are... As a society, feeling a lot of anxiety about sexual assault, school shootings, suicide and mental health, assaulting teachers. Those sorts of things are anxieties that we as a society have.
0: There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. National Slap a Teacher Day. National School Shooting Day. The Blackout Challenge. You've probably heard of these challenges that supposedly originate on TikTok, encouraging young people to harm themselves, others, or spread panic about harm being done to them. But what's behind these challenges? And what happens when concern around social media platforms like TikTok turns into a moral panic around technology? To find out more, I turned to friend of the show, Abby Richards. Well, Abby, it is so nice to have you back. You are a friend of the show. We love being able to talk to you. Uh,
1: for folks who may not be familiar with you, tell us who you are. Yeah, my name is Abby Richards, and I'm an independent mis and disinformation researcher who focuses on TikTok.
0: Uh, you are someone I know that I can always count on for like a sobering, kind of like clear headed, breakdown of what's happening on TikTok, which I think is so important because the platform can be so, it can just be information overload coming at you all the time, you know? So it's like nice to have someone who can actually wade through it and break it down.
1: I am relieved to hear that you feel like I am (laughs) clear-headed. I don't necessarily. I look at TikTok and it's just so vast and huge that even as someone who studies it professionally, sometimes I'm like, I don't have a full understanding. I'll never have a full understanding of this chaotic mess of an app that we have to deal with and all of its beauties and downfalls and little niche cultures. Um, But I try my best. I appreciate yeah, you saying that. I think you do a great job. Actually, that's like a
0: great place to start, which is that you really like TikTok is your platform. It's the platform that you study like professionally in terms of disinformation research. And it's also where you make a lot of your content educating folks about disinformation and conspiracy theories. But you're also someone who is pretty honest about some of the dangers and downfalls inherent in the app. What is that like to sort of have this, this platform that is in some ways, so rich and allows you to, to tell stories and reach people and educate folks in such interesting ways, but on the other hand, does have its flaws, should, should be looked at with a little bit of scrutiny, like any other platform.
1: It's a love-hate relationship. Um, I... I, I mean, I, I'm the first to admit that I benefit from TikTok. I mean, I have a platform there. I've found that it's been an incredibly useful tool in educating people and creating resources where people can go uh, to learn about these very complex issues. Like there there is room for nuance on TikTok and there is room for learning on TikTok. Uh, but that is not to say that it has no pitfalls whatsoever. There are so many strengths that TikTok offers as far as communication and education and community building. And then there's also so many weaknesses when it comes to how the algorithm chooses for you what you see and the types of content that go viral the most easily and the the types of rhetoric that it encourages. So I see both sides of the coin.
0: The ubiquity of social media platforms like TikTok have given rise to panics around so-called challenges and trends, trends that stoke fear in young people and their parents. Now, this kind of thing is nothing new. When I was a kid, we grew up freaked out about things like razor blades and Halloween candy or gang members flashing their headlights to mark you for an attack. But with the rise of social media, these kinds of trends can spread much more quickly than they ever could just being whispered about in the cafeteria. In April of last year, I saw videos circulate on TikTok responding to videos calling a day in April National Rape Day. Basically, everyone was upset and panicked about alleged videos declaring that on this day, rape was legal. Only a TikTok spokesperson said that no such video ever really existed. There were only users making videos responding with decrying National Rape Day or sharing warnings and tips on how to stay safe. And in responding they were only legitimizing this hoax. From kids being kept home from school to wasting law enforcement's time and resources, panic around these challenges that start online can create real-world disruptions. I know the very first time I ever encountered a sort of dubious quote-unquote challenge or or, like thing on TikTok, I think it was uh, National Rape Day. That was, where gonna it be was my
1: guess. Yeah, that
0: was the first time. And, you know, I work for a gender justice organization. So when I saw that, my first instinct was this is horrible. We need to reach out to TikTok. We need to make sure that, you know, they take this down. They need to know about this. But then it, you know, looking at it, it was a situation where I almost kind of got a little bit duped by something that maybe wasn't a legitimate, organically grown. "Quote unquote challenge or day or you know you know content stream on the platform, but I in turn ter- like in talking about it was sort of helping to legitimize it, helping to make it something that maybe felt like a legitimate thing, even though it wasn't.
1: Yeah, National Rape Day. For those who don't know, it was uh, allegedly April twenty fourth, and the idea going around was that there was some group of uh, essentially evil men." out in a group chat somewhere, planning to all go out and rape on that. I believe it was a Saturday, uh, April 24th. And aside from the fact that that is really just not at all how sexual assault works and is, is not how it's perpetrated against victims. Um, it, it was also something that we really just awareness videoed into existence. There was no evidence of this initial threat at all. But because everybody went, oh, well, it might be a threat. It might be a problem, might be a problem. Then they all start turning around and sharing it everywhere just as a warning. And then we end up in a position where millions and millions of people felt afraid for their lives that day. Like people didn't leave the house. And we saw the same thing just like happen all over again just a few months ago with the national school shooting day where tons of kids were then absent from school because of a threat that no one could ever even find yeah i mean i i national school
0: shooting day i saw that on my local news like that like was as you said like awareness quote unquote into existence and i think you're absolutely right that i imagine that for some of the people who are sharing this They're doing it out of genuine concern for wanting to keep people safe. But maybe it's difficult to see that in doing that, you're actually helping to create more of a panic that wouldn't be there otherwise. I I do think that it's like people just out of an abundance of caution trying to raise awareness, but not realizing that if we all collectively do that, A, it spreads panic, and B, it can be incredibly disruptive, right? Like if, if everybody keeps their kids home from school because they're afraid of this national school shooting day that they saw on television that's incredibly disruptive for the school day. And, you know, we should really give pause to the fact that platforms like TikTok can be this force where you can have these real world disruptions um, just from something that starts as like a rumor or a fabrication.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the disruptions are worth like accounting for um, when we create panic. And also the way that they tend to, Uh, perpetuate our misconceptions about oftentimes violence and mental health. Um, What you'll notice with a lot of the challenges is that they tend to, on some level, usually focus on an issue that we are, as a society, feeling a lot of anxiety about. Sexual assault, school shootings, suicide and mental health, assaulting teachers. Those sorts of things are anxieties that we as a society have, and we need to be doing a lot of work to address those like major, large, enormous issues. And then this challenge comes along and what an easy and simple answer it provides of like, oh, they're just doing this because they saw a TikTok about it. It's it's not a massive societal problem that's been around for years and has existed long before the emergence of social media. No, this is because of kids these days on social media.
0: Oh, it's so true. And I think especially when you look at the fact that so many of these challenges are based around like local localized around youth or schools, I think we're in this moment where we're as you said having this like national existential crisis of, of what's happening in our schools where people are really, you know, stoking a lot of panic around it. I'm sure that it's probably not a, a super fun time to be a public school educator right now. And I think it's no wonder why we're seeing all of these challenges purport to lo- be localized around something happening at schools because it's an anxiety that we're not really talking honestly or thoughtfully about in other other you know c- kinds of discourse. And so this very simplistic thing of like, oh, it's the kids on those phones. She's always on that phone. That's what's happening. It's such a simple way to, to talk about something that is Sometimes big and scary and complex to talk about.
1: Yeah, it really offers a very similar thing to a conspiracy theory. You take a big problem, something like, for instance, the assaulting of teachers while they're working, which should not be happening under any circumstances. They are teachers. They should not be assaulted. Um, But they are. Like, they do face violence in their classrooms. And... Then we say, oh, well, it's part of this TikTok challenge. It's slap a teacher month challenge. And that doesn't actually help teachers to stay safe because we're not addressing any of the actual issues that have led to them having to work in an unsafe environment. We're just pointing a finger at a social media trend that we can't even find.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's such a good segue into how this conversation. So I, I learned about these fake challenges from, from following you. Then I got this. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, like, I, I I guess I would say I almost learned how to like self regulate around them that like it's entirely possible that it's just a fabrication and that in get it in amplifying it, I am helping it grow. Like it kind of like inspired me to take a moment to think through the implications cuz yeah that national rape day thing like it it I was moved by that but your work really helped me put it in perspective I guess I'll
1: say Oh thank you that means a lot that whole week like really is what ended up I was already doing a lot of tiktok misinformation research but it really ended up pushing me full time cuz uh me and my coworker Olivia were so stressed uh, <laughs> at having to watch the millions of people believed something that there was no reason for them to be panicking over. And I mean, there was also just so much uncritical news coverage of it. And that is a huge part of the problem is uncritical news coverage and uh, law enforcement and sometimes when they're involved, school boards as well, amplifying these without evidence.
0: Ooh, let's talk about that because, you know, I mentioned that I saw on my local news a segment about um, school shooting day. What what do you think the role of local, especially local news media is in spreading these kinds of dubious challenges? Like when they just sort of uncritically report on it, you know, maybe like they they almost never include someone saying, actually, we have no evidence that this is actually a real thing. It's just this sort of uncritically, like, here's what people are upset about. We don't know. What role (laughs) do you think that news media plays in in helping these panics spread?
1: I mean, they really help to start lighting the fire especially when it comes to like if the thing is just on tiktok right now uh, when it comes to getting adults involved in the conversation then the parents involved and law enforcement involved and start getting it uh that information outside of just a single echo chamber and really spreading into other ecosystems i think local news plays a huge role in that and one of the tactics as you kind of said but like one of the tactics they use Uh, And we also see this with clickbait stories is that they don't say, like, there is a hoax happening on TikTok and we can't find evidence for it. They just say TikTok is full of claims saying that April 24th is National Rape Day. Without, and that's the headline. So, right, a lot of people aren't even going to read the story, even if they did include a disclaimer that, like, there's no evidence of this. But the whole story just relies on, like, well, people on TikTok are saying this can you please fact check it? Critical coverage, please.
0: And like, that should be, that should be the bare minimum, right? Like I think about that quote, I'm sure I'm going to butcher it because I'm awful at quotes, but um, what is it? It's not a reporter's job. If, if if someone says it's raining, it's a reporter's job to look out the window and like determine if that is true, not just print that somebody said it's raining. And I, <laughs> I guess I I wish that, that local media, did, and not all media, but I guess I see local media really as a, you know, culprit here. Um, I wish they would do a little bit better of a job. And I wish, you know, oftentimes these stories, they rely on law enforcement and it'll be, it'll be like, maybe somebody contacted law enforcement and it'll be like, they'll report it as law enforcement is aware of the situation. And, And by including that, it adds no further, you know, Fact check of what's going on, but I do think it adds a level of like, well, of legitimacy. Well it's like, oh, well, law enforcement is aware of the situation. It could be that law enforcement has no, has not been able to verify any of these these claims as fact, but they don't really say that. They just, I think they just they, the way that they use law enforcement sometimes is incredibly damaging. I think to to the truth.
1: Yeah. Oh, you'll see them insert a Facebook post or a tweet from some uh, s- some police department somewhere um, and that gives legitimacy to the claim too because the police department addressed it via social media and now they can hyperlink that in their stories um and i say this also coming from i, I have a deep love for local journalism uh i grew up with a mother who was uh, the editor of our, t- our like local town newspaper and was always hanging out in the office like i love look like yes give me more small town journalism um i think a lot of the problem stems from when we aren't funding it and we don't give it the credit it deserves so that they are encouraged to just write cheap stories like this and they they don't have the time to actually give it the due diligence that it deserves
0: yeah i'm so glad that you mentioned that because i do think it's an issue of like under like underserving local media and we we do have like a critical crisis in this country of, of just the decimation of, lo- of of local, especially journalism and media, and that's so important. Like that's how you find out what's going on in your kid's school. That's how you find out like what's happening in your neighborhood, like on your block. And so the way that we've just underserved it and undersupported it is horrible. But I also think a real is really indicated by what we're talking about today that you know. you put put up a quick, cheap story that doesn't really get the facts, but does get people panicked and upset. Like, I get
1: it. Yeah, uh, in in this capitalist economy, I totally get it.
0: (laughs) Let's take a quick break. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. Head to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good, trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Y'all know I love the internet, but a sad truth about it is that it can be a scary place, especially for women, people of color, and trans folks. We've talked to people on this podcast, whistleblowers, activists, and advocates who are making technology safer, who then become targets for doing that work. But the truth is, it can happen to any of us online. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information you don't want online, and makes sure it stays off. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindelete.me.com/no-girls and use promo code No Girls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash no girls and enter code no girls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash no girls code no girls. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. And we're back. Who's to blame for the panic around TikTok challenges? Well, unsurprisingly, partially Facebook. Last month, the Washington Post reported that Facebook and TikTok were in what they called a bare-knuckle fight for younger users. Facebook hired Targeted Victory, one of the country's largest Republican consulting firms, to orchestrate a nationwide campaign to turn the public against TikTok. The Post published a series of damning emails about how Targeted Victory, working on behalf of Facebook, tried to stoke controversy around TikTok by placing op-eds critical of TikTok in newspapers in major news markets and stoking anger around so-called dangerous TikTok challenges and trends, writing, Targeted Victory urged partners to push stories to local media, tying TikTok to dangerous teen trends in an effort to show the app's purported harms. Any local examples of bad TikTok trends or stories in your markets? A Targeted Victory staffer asked dream would be to get stories with headlines like From Dances to Danger, how TikTok has become the most harmful social media space for kids, the staffer wrote. They even circulated a Google Doc called Bad TikTok Clips, with links to pretty dubious local news stories that cite TikTok as the origin of dangerous teen trends, despite the fact that some of those trends actually originated on Facebook. Now, I hate this tactic. Because essentially, it's Facebook intentionally trying to stoke fear and panic for their own corporate interests in a way that takes attention away from actual social media issues that really do need scrutiny. So I have to ask, I mean, I, in the reporting from The Washington Post, I was, I guess, a little surprised to see that so many of these TikTok stories, these negative sort of so-called challenges and things were actually being planted by Facebook Slash Meta's PR firm, uh, Targeted Victory, where they were getting folks to write op eds at important congressional districts about the dangers of TikTok on youth, um, how they would get local media to, to run these stories of these dangerous so called challenges. When in fact, there was a lot of evidence that some of these challenges actually, if, if they started anywhere, that like the rumor might maybe started on Facebook to, to, to begin with, yet Facebook is really invested in making TikTok look uh, bad. You know, it's one of those things where it's like my least favorite story in all of tech journalism to cover is like two com- two big companies going at it. But it does seem to be there's some
1: level of that here, yeah? Yeah, I mean, and I can understand why Facebook, I'm so sorry, Meta. Um, meta, oh. <laughs> meta, uh Feels threatened by TikTok. I mean, they're like the most downloaded app for the last three years running. There's, uh, they're clearly offering something that people enjoy and are arguably addicted to. I feel like I might be a bit addicted to it. Uh, And, you know, young people are gravitating towards it. So I understand why they would take that approach in trying to smear it in the public's eye as some sort of dangerous threat. Um, I, I just, I don't think that they're entirely wrong. I think that there's a lot of issues with all different social media platforms. It's just the dangerous that TikTok isn't challenges that nobody is doing.
0: Yeah. I mean, in some ways, do you think that in high, in inflating some of these nonsense dangers that they say are on the platform of TikTok, we're actually overlooking some of the legitimate dangers that could be on platforms, all social media platforms, but TikTok, especially like, you know, There are so many things that happen on TikTok where I'm like, well, that's probably not great. Like, young people over, young people trying to diagnose themselves with mental issues and then, you know, companies that sell, like, private companies that sell medication for those issues, Mm -hmm. advertising to them on
1: the platform. Like, there are all kinds of legitimate... TikTok is its own can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so I think, like,
0: there are legitimate things to be concerned about. And I think when we allow for the conversation to be dominated by things that are just nonsense, we're not talking about the things that are legitimate concerns. Yeah.
1: Like I've done research into how engaging exclusively with transphobic content on TikTok Pushes a user into this far right rabbit hole where they're also exposed to, first of all, more transphobia, but also homophobia and misogyny and racism and white supremacy and anti Semitism and conspiracy theories and calls to violence. Like all of those things can also be found on TikTok. Um, And I think that the ideas that TikTok is able to place in your brain are, are probably more dangerous than challenges that it is supposedly encouraging you to do. That's at least how I interpret it is like the way that it impacts our society at large and what we believe and how we approach our beliefs. That has way more significance than whether or not kids are holding their breath for as long as possible. Yeah,
0: it's, I mean, I'm definitely addicted to TikTok, dude. I, 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 I wish <laughs> I didn't have to say this, but like, I'm on it way too much. I don't make TikToks myself, but I, can scroll for hours and hours. And it is true that, like, I, I'm i an adult, so, like, my brain is fully formed, and when I see things or I'm like, well, that doesn't sound right, or, like, this seems to be pushing a dangerous narrative or an, a narrative that we should at least be concerned about, I'm able to just scroll up and and know that. But I, I wonder with such a young user base, if young people were seeing that same thing that I'm seeing, that I'm, you know, old enough to be like, okay, well, this is obviously not true, or, like, this is dangerous, that's not some kind of, that's not a narrative I want to engage with further. I wonder like, yeah, what it, like what dangerous things are young people being exposed to and steeped in and thus being walked down on a line of engagement to sort of get further into? You know, those are all legitimate questions about what's happening on TikTok.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think about like the how popular conspiracy theories are on TikTok and how conspiracy theories, if we stop looking at them as individuals, we, we look at them as, a way to think about the world and how if you engage with one conspiracy theory video, you're more likely to then be like given more conspiracy theory videos. And it's not just teaching you that conspiracy theory. It's teaching you how to think about the world in that way. And that's not helpful for building, you know, a society full of engaged political citizens who want to make the world better because you know, conspiracy theories fundamentally just push you to be less politically active uh, and, and you know, not really want to solve problems, just blame an, an out group for them. So I worry about like that when it comes to how it teaches younger people to think.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And I would say sort of on the flip side of that, one thing I one narrative I've seen on TikTok a lot that's really being driven by young people that I mwah, chef kiss love <laughs> This idea of pushing back on climate doomism, that I, like, the young people on TikTok pulled me out of the, like, 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 (gasps) I'm not even going to say a conspiracy. Like, I formally believed that it was too late to act on climate. And I now have come to see, thanks to young people on TikTok, that I was actually guilty of almost kind of like a different kind of climate disinformation, right? Because, like the same way that it's climate disinformation to say that climate change is a hoax, it's also not necessarily true that it's too late, we can't do anything. And I think that like the way that folks have used that platform to push back against that idea has completely brought me back from the brink in a way that I didn't know I was on. I was at
1: I am so happy to hear you say that cuz that has been a huge thing that we've been pushing for at EcoTalk and getting creators to push that sort of messaging because you're right, it is you know, there's there's uh, several different types of climate change disinformation, there is denialism, there's also distraction and delay tactics, but there's also doomism. And when you start thinking about climate change with the framework that it's too late to do anything, then you start going, well, why bother? And fossil fuel companies are going to absolutely love that. That works, that plays right into their hands, because if, if it doesn't matter, then like why not just keep doing all the fossil fuel burning anyways? Yeah, it's such a good point that like it, it does remind me a lot of what you said about conspiracy
0: theories giving into them makes it okay to not act. It makes it okay it makes you less engaged, not more engaged. And and that particular mistruth around climate, climate doomism gave me the 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 license to not act for a while and I'm so glad that y- you and folks at EcoTalk are really doing a lot of work to Change the conversation because if 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 you if you give into the reality that like it's not too late, there is still time. We could be doing so much. Uh, that's that is what gets you in a headspace to be motivated to act and to lean in and to check in, not disengage.
1: Absolutely, and I see that sort of uh, that narrative being applied to other realms as well. Like you know, n- not giving up uh, in the fight for reproductive rights and not giving up in the fight for racial equality. Um, I think that we see a lot of that pushback on TikTok. It is a good space for that. And that's, again, like we're back in this position of like, oh, God, there's so many goods happening on that app and there's so many bads. And I guess it's just kind of a microcosm of the world in general.
0: More after a quick break. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50
2: off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease.
0: So if you've ever wondered, I wonder what Bridget is up to when she's not making the podcast, then I have great news for you. We just launched our brand new newsletter where I'm going to be writing about things I'm paying attention to online, interesting stories that didn't make it to the podcast, and a whole lot more. I promise we will never spam you. You can subscribe to our newsletter at tangody.com/newsletter. And it's going to be like a useful newsletter, I promise. You can also support the show by checking out our merch store at tangody.com/store. Let's get right back into it. When people give in to things like moral panics, conspiracy theories, and conspiratorial thinking, it actually encourages us to check out. It provides a seductive reason to just stop caring because you don't really feel like anything that you could possibly do would actually make a difference if you've already lost. You mentioned reproductive rights. I. It's so interesting. The day that that uh, leaked draft of the Supreme Court opinion came down, almost immediately, you know, all of the disinformation, the reproductive rights disinformation books I know circled the wagons. And the number one narrative that we saw almost immediately was uh, abortion is illegal starting. This means abortion is illegal starting now, starting today. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. You know, that was just a draft decision. Who knows what's going to happen? But it's so interesting that the piece of disinformation, misinformation that circulated instantaneously was that abortion is now illegal in the United States. And how if you were someone who had an appo- appointment to get an abortion the next day you might be motivated to stay home you might be motivated to say like okay well i guess that means i no longer have this appointment or i guess that means that i am out of options and i'm sure that people who want to criminalize abortion in this country would love it if that's how you felt because you're you're it's 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 going to you know keep you from exercising your constitutionally protected rights to, to an abortion
1: yeah absolutely i mean getting people to give up and not fight back does make their job whatever they're trying to push for. Uh, it does make it a lot easier.
0: Mm, that is so true.
1: You know, one of my last
0: questions for you. One of the things I in the Washington Post reporting about TikTok and Meta, uh, it seems like young people done with Facebook. You know, I can't say that I blame anybody for just being done with the done with you know the platform. Why
1: do you think that is? Why do you
0: think you know? They're just flocking from from Facebook onto other platforms like uh, TikTok.
1: Oh God, I think there's so many factors and <laughs> I would need a lot of data to like back up any hard claims that I made. I still see some, some young people using Instagram, um, but not so much like really nobody is using Facebook. Um, and I think it probably speaks to like the ways that we use social media either as entertainment or as communication um, and how that's shifting. Uh, Like Facebook was originally built for keeping up with your friends and then kind of (laughs) added in pages and sharing. And it's it's more about that network with this larger group that you've created, whereas something like TikTok is more personalized feed that gives you what you're interested in. And then you can share that with your friends if you want, but I think it's just it's just more personalized. Um and it 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 just meets a different need. Yeah, I think that's I
0: think you think you're onto something. I know for me, Facebook and to a lesser extent Instagram, but a little bit as well, it just feels very scammy now. It just feels like it's full of ads for products that maybe are not super legit. I got s- totally suckered by a Facebook ad to buy this purse. And I kept seeing these ads over and over and over again. I'm actually gonna grab it for you so you can see. Give me one yes, second. Yes, okay, okay, I love this. Okay, so I saw ads, all, were following me all around for this purse. I eventually bought it. it. Took a month to come.
1: Look how tiny this purse is. It's smaller That's than my cell so phone. small. The handle it's... is so outrageously big. Exactly. <laughs>
0: And all I could think was, is Facebook just a platform for scams now? Marketplace scams and stuff. I just felt, I will never buy another thing that I see on Facebook ads ever again. And it just made me feel that platform was just a place for scammy marketing. And I guess I, I, certainly there's some of that on TikTok as well and other platforms. But I guess I just feel like Facebook, is I don't know what it wants to be. I don't know what role it's trying to play anymore in my life. Well, it
1: wasn't Instagram is really trying to become literally a shop. Like they really are just trying to sell you things, and the whole Instagram. This is just my theory, but with like the switch from Instagram to TikTok in popularity, I think is really interesting, and it says something about like our drive, or our desire for authenticity in our relationships with like influencers. Because the Instagram influencers are very aesthetically nice to look at. Like, that's all well and good. But TikTok is like having a FaceTime conversation with somebody, even if you are they're never going to hear what you have to say back. Like, millions of people might be looking at their face, but it feels so intimate. And really, it does let your personality shine through. Uh, that's not to say pretty privilege is not a huge part of who goes viral, but <laughs> personality also matters.
0: Yeah, I've noticed this, and it's also one of those reasons why I think that people who had na- were like nailing it in terms of being influencers on Instagram by being so aesthetically pleasing can't. It, that doesn't really translate all the time. Like you still like on TikTok, you need to be charming or funny or engaging or authentic. Like people have to to want to connect with you. Just being hot doesn't really cut it. Again, there are people who like their TikToks will be you know do numbers just because they're good looking so it certainly happens on the platform but i do think it's a platform where you have to sort of bring a different side of yourself and i think it's really challenged a lot of people who have made their their platform on something else that's something aesthetically pleasing
1: yeah it's just a different type of marketing it's you're not marketing what's a pretty picture now and you're more marketing your personality and how you can sell something using your personality which you know might have more room for exploitation, so that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: Either way we cut it, we're being exploited. Whether it's like oh, by because we look a certain way, or because our uh, genuine personality is being exploited to push whatever the hell. Like e- it's exploitation. It's exploitation. No matter how you slice yeah. it, I- I'm sure. <laughs>
1: It's just like, is my, are my looks better for selling clothes or is my personality like better for selling bang energy? Also, wait, this is just quick pivot to the challenges again, because there's a statistic that I need to give you because I brought it here and I just have to share it because it's just too interesting. Um. So do you know the blackout challenge? I do. Like this challenge that supposedly kids are seeing at TikTok that is encouraging them to hold their breath until they can pass out. Uh, So, and a lot of the news coverage about it will point to the death of, there's two instances of young children dying because of this sort of like holding your breath challenge. But what is also interesting is that a c like a cdc study identified 82 probable choking game deaths among kids aged 6 to 19 from 1995 to 2007 which is long before tiktok ever was a part of the picture there are far more happening as this game that's part of our culture beyond just what's being told to us on social media. And I think that's so interesting. And I'm obsessed with that statistic now. Yeah, it, it, it's such a
0: clarifying statistic. I'm in my 30s and we certainly had, we. I think we called it the choking game, right? Like that was, a yeah, that's what, what, we, that's just, what we called it. Yeah. This was be- before TikTok or social media was ever a thing. This idea that it's a new danger that is being presented to children on their phones. It's just not true.
1: Yeah, like literally 82 children died between 1995 and 2007 from this oh. game. It's, it's horrific. Like, it's a completely unnecessary death and not a healthy thing for us to do to our brains, even if we don't die. Um, but it's not new. And I think a lot of these panics often center around something that, like, is a much larger problem and not new.
0: Oh, yeah, they're not new. And it really just collapses these big, complex issues into such simplistic terms.
1: That's fascinating. I couldn't believe I was lucky enough to even find that statistic. I didn't know that it existed. Uh, uh, But I do feel like it it sheds light on how we frame our social media challenges as somehow new when they've been around in our culture for, for decades. Absolutely.
0: I'm so glad that you, I, I, that's, that is fascinating.
1: It's yeah. Very, very sad. Very fascinating. Um, the challenge I've been dealing with all day is the labello challenge, which you probably haven't seen yet. This is no, the f- oh, it's, it's in, it's all in French. Um, it's a TikTok chat, TikTok challenge. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> 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 uh, uh that's. You you use like Labello chapstick every time you feel sad, and then when you run out to the end of the tube, you you take your own life, oh. and it's going like the Ministry of the Interior tweeted about it last week, like they tweeted, and which gave so much credibility to this challenge that completely misunderstands why somebody would take their own life like they are not killing themselves because social media said to do it at the end of their chapstick too. like they're doing it because they're in pain and don't feel like they have somebody to go to and it's so infuriating and I've been this is what I've been dealing with like all day trying to debunk it and understand like where it came from it's just like you wonder why your kids won't go to you about your feelings, but then your understanding of mental health seems to be so limited that you think that they would kill themselves because of the TikTok trend. And it's like, I kind of get why they feel like they can't talk to you.
0: And like, if you were a, a young person who was struggling with suicidal ideation, and this is what the adults in your in your life or in your atmosphere were telling you that they believe about what you might be feeling. I can imagine that being incredibly isolating. And, you know, and and again, it's kind of goes back to what you were saying that it's probably so much easier to think, you know, youth, youth suicide is being fueled by this social media trend and then have it end there as opposed to, you know, youth suicide and youth mental health issues are being fueled by a complex network of issues that are, systemic and personal that we need to talk about and solve. Why, give, Why you know, grapple with that, which is complex and big and scary and complicated and, you know, feels unsolvable, when you can just be like, it's the phones.
1: It's the technology. It's, yeah, uh, it provides a very simple answer. Uh, and, I mean, also... The way that social media, and this is for all platforms, like I think we we saw this a lot with Tumblr We're seeing it a lot with TikTok. and they become spaces where people can talk about their struggles with mental health and things like, you know, suicidal ideation, uh, things like eating disorders. And it's this weird gray area because it's not necessarily against like the guidelines of the platform. Um, And it's potentially a space where they can find support and find community, but it also might be glorifying those types of behaviors. Um, It might be making them more prevalent. It's just one of those things that we don't know yet and we still need a lot more research into. Uh, But it's certainly not like black and white, good and bad, like that people on social media do have spaces where they are talking about these things. And then imagine that the adults get wind of some meme you made about how you're feeling horrible and their response is to just like take away your phone and take away the place where you do have community. Uh, That makes me nervous. Yeah, I mean, it it really goes back to what you were saying about how
0: these platforms on the one hand, they can be such a great place to build community and have these conversations around discovery and all of that and feel less alone, but that they also can present this like very dangerous landscape as well. It's like, you really, it's, it's, I don't know what we do with that. It, can, it feels very unsatisfying, but I guess that's what it is.
1: Yeah. I don't have a very satisfying answer for that. Because Sometimes the community is simultaneously like providing support and being toxic. And what do you do? I don't, I don't know. That's why I'm like more research, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, more,
0: I feel like more research is like always like a good place to start. Maybe
1: always definitely a good uh, starting ground. If you don't know the answer at all, you're like, can we at least commission some research on it? So.
0: Well, I'm glad that folks like you are doing that research. You know, I'm. I'm obviously so grateful for you. I'm so excited that you're working on your thesis. Thank you. When I'm um, done,
1: I'm gonna make you. Or maybe I'll come back on and be like, "Can I just read my whole thesis? Do you want to hear it all 100 pages?"
0: Open <laughs> invitation. I definitely do. So let, let's let's keep me keep me posted on the on when that's done.
1: <laughs> will do. Definitely will do. Abby,
0: where can folks follow all the amazing
1: stuff that you're up to? Yeah, uh, I'm on TikTok at Topology. I'm on Twitter at AbbyASR and Instagram at AbbySR. Um, And uh, I guess wait for my thesis to drop. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about it like it's a (laughs) mixtape. It is. I'm going to put the whole thing on SoundCloud. (laughs) Yeah, the the hottest thesis of the summer. (laughs) Air horns. (laughs) Check out my SoundCloud. It's me reading all 100 pages in monotone to you.
0: And now it is time for another installment of our newsletter column, Dear Internet, where I take your internet questions, conundrums, etiquette concerns, and answer them to the best of my ability. So if you want to get more of these, subscribe to our free newsletter at tangodycom newsletter, where you can submit your questions and you might even hear them on the air. Here's today's question. Dear Internet, my sister is obsessed with filters and apps like Facetune. When she posts pictures on social media, I barely recognize her to the point where it's a running joke with our friends and family. We joke with her about it, but you know, to each their own. Except when she posts pictures of us together, she facetunes and filters everybody in the photo, including me. Recently, she posted a family picture on Instagram and she added egregious filters to everybody, including my preteen daughters. Now, it's one thing if my sister doesn't mind stickers behind her back regarding her use of filters. But do we all have to be included every time she posts a picture? So I wanted to share this letter because she is not alone. According to research by Dove, 85% of the girls that they surveyed had to use an app like Facetune to change the way they look in photos by the age 13. And in some cases, young people are even getting cosmetic surgery to look more like their digitally tuned and filtered selves that, keep in mind, don't actually exist. And I also think this is an interesting question because I don't really think there's a hard and fast answer around it. To be clear, I'm not really comfortable with the idea of any adult filtering and face tuning a child because we should let kids be kids. We should let them understand that their looks are not everything. But when we're talking about adults, I think it gets a little bit murkier. Now, to be clear, I have not always been above using a little bit of a filter or a FaceTune every now and then. You know, if you've got a big zit in a picture and you want to just zap it out, I've done that. And I also think I was really using Instagram a lot during this era of the Instagram influencer when there was this real pressure, I think, for all of us to look perfect and airbrushed on Instagram because that was what the app was telling us got engagement. And so if you wanted to get a lot of engagement on the app, the best way to do that was to post a, a really polished, filtered photo of yourself. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I have not done that myself. But as I've gotten older and really, like, these kinds of apps have played less and less of a role in my life, I really don't care that much anymore. I'm not going to sit around and Facetune and filter a bunch of photos. And also, I just think it's important to show up as yourself. You know, this is what a 30-something-year-old woman looks like. You know, why lie about that? But I also think we need to leave room for the fact that not everyone feels that way. I don't begrudge anyone using any of the apps at our disposal to look and feel their best. I think it's a really personal thing. And so that said, the idea that it's a personal thing, I think it really warrants a a, a frank conversation with your sister. You know, she might very well see face tuning and filtering your photo when she posts them as being polite. You know, oh, if I'm going to touch up my photo, it's, it's rude to not touch up my sister's photo as well. Maybe she feels bad about the idea of posting a photo where in her mind she has perfected herself. And she's keeping you natural. So I think that it's important to not assume malintent around why she's filtering your picture so much. But I also think it's a personal thing. You know, you should be able to have a little bit of say around how you show up digitally, even on her feed. And so I think if you're close, it warrants a real conversation about her motivations and just being really clear about where your comfort level lies. And listeners, I really want to hear what you think about this. Do you use filters and Facetune on your photos? How would you feel if a friend or family member added one for you? Subscribe to the newsletter and let me know at tangodi.com slash newsletter. We've got brand new merch in the There Are No Girls on the Internet store. So one of the most consistent themes on this show is that technology is not neutral. It actually reflects the same systemic privileges and disadvantages that we see elsewhere in society. So we've got a brand new design that says just that. Technology is not neutral. Check it out on our website at tangody.com store. And take advantage of a 35% store-wide sale on all merch for the next three days. And y'all know I love a discount. Go to tangody.com slash store to support the show and treat yourself to some new merch. Trust me, you deserve it. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangody.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangody.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet it was created by me, Bridget Todd. for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's
2: iHeartRadio.com RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl Bomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you.
1: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only.
2: Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances.